Hey guys, welcome to the second episode of 666 Shock Avenue. I'm your host, Azrael. And I wanted to kind of give you a rundown on future projects. Um, I am working on a 10... Uh, 10 book uh, series um, called the Encyclopedia of Hell. And it's a 10 book series. So basically the format is like an encyclopedia. You remember the old encyclopedias? Maybe if you're like me, I'm 40. So uh, back when I was in elementary school, junior high, even high school, uh, there was encyclopedias like Encyclopedia Britannica that you'd have uh, three letters like a, B, C through uh, C, D, E or something in one book. Uh, basically, so you would have all these uh, books that would have different entries for things like the World War II thing or the invention of the telephone, etc., etc., Edison, EDL. Okay, so basically I had this concept to chronicle different hells, mental hells that people go through. So that's where the Encyclopedia of Hell came from. It was originally called the Encyclopedia of Insanity, but after dealing with certain um, ailments such as uh, schizophrenia or uh, whatever, uh, insanity is kind of a very bad term to use for anyone with a burden such as that, uh, being as I suffer from bipolar and depression, I thought that it was probably better not to do that uh, and just go with the Encyclopedia of Hell because basically people go through hell in life with an ailment or a sickness, whether it be cancer, uh, etc. It's a state of constant suffering. So I started it probably around Halloween last year. 2020 um and the first day i did 10,000 words the uh, inspiration was just flowing out of everywhere and you know i ended up to date with 48,040 words it's not even a quarter of the way done and it's a very amazing step in my life because i've written other things in my day that weren't even close to this, not even a quarter of the way done. I think perhaps if you take three times this much, uh, maybe it's like, um, well, let me think for a minute. Three times 48. Math whizzes help me out here. So it would be like 144,000 words. I kind of, Predict it'll be 144,000, pretty much. Um, oh, maybe only a third of the way done. But anyway, the thing is, I wanted to read a... I wanted to give you a little synopsis of it. Uh, this first one, uh, Encyclopedia of Hell, Volume 1, BLD, Bloodlust. Okay, so Bloodlust, as you know, is this desire to see blood spill, I guess. Uh, lust is a carnal desire and then blood. So a carnal desire for blood, right? 
So who best to want that than a murderer or something? This has to do with a cult leader. Um, and the whole rundown of the story, now I'll read it to you next podcast, but I wanted to basically tell you that this is about a guy who was um, a minister of a church, and he would be a very, um, he had two sons, Robert and Chad. Uh, Delphine was his wife. Um, they had a girl, a daughter, and he would never punish her, but he would always punish the boys because he was harder on the boys. So I guess he had a soft spot for the girls. So Delphina's daughter has two sons. Uh, Robert and Chad, I believe. So like in choosing names for this, it was pretty, it, it was a difficult thing to choose names that were, incredibly appropriate for this uh, so Delphine the wife and the daughter which I'm searching for her name right now I have the master file up oh what's her name uh, so basically it starts out with the two boys and they peep on the neighbor and the dad catches them of course being a holy man and he also has this kind of sadistic side in which he wants to uh, humiliate the boys when they do wrong. So um, his name is Theo Kemp, and that's the name in the beginning until something happens and he is given another name uh, by way of a vision after the wife leaves him. Uh, because he ended up being highly, highly abusive. Uh, slapped his wife in church. Uh, some kind of weird mist came in. And everything. So basically, he was changed in a heartbeat. So this all takes place in the 90s. Um, this is in journal format, too. So every entry is labeled kind of like to chronicle the... Uh, descent into what he becomes. You know, it's, it's like a chronological timeline. So basically, January 1st of 1990, New Year's Day, um, is where it begins. And of course, there's an introduction about a philosophy that we are held to in life. That I basically hold in general that things are not always... You know, what we perceive, oh, let me go to the beginning. So it starts out, uh, what we see or what we hear is a far cry from reality. And I felt like this was a very accurate statement in a roundabout way when it comes to the very essence of life that in which, you know, the whole thing is, is that what we see and what we hear is a far cry from reality. Anybody can be anything in life in front of us, but what they are in private, that's a whole other story. So basically what I wanted to do was I wanted to document such insanities, such hells, 
that people go through. Kind of like put it on display as a showcase type deal. So Delphine is the wife. For some reason, I can't remember that daughter's name at this point. Of course, you got to keep in mind, I I don't usually read over my stuff. So uh, actually, Delphine is the... Uh, Trish is actually wife and Delphine is the daughter. Um, the boys are flogged by their father, who is this crazy, crazy minister. Uh, and the and there's some misogyny as well in this. So this was something that I was very uncomfortable in writing. Um, this goes on the old school beliefs of what I heard a lot of these people in church say. No woman's keep silent in the church and blah, blah, blah. So there's one line that says, stupid woman, I said keep silent. Divorce makes one burn in hell. And basically, um, it's, it's, he slaps her and he proclaims the Lord shall punish you all. And he's screaming it and everything else. She calls him a monster everything else. So at the point where he slaps her, she is completely convinced, hey, I got to leave this guy. I don't care if I burn in hell. And, you know, it's a control issue and everything as to why people are, you know, they, they twist things around their beliefs and they make everything out to be something that um, that they want, you know. So his name changes to Alastor after he has left. Um, he's convinced he's Christ because he gets his side cut open with a knife that his daughter was going to kill herself with and everything else, and the knife ends up slashing his side and everything else. And um, as he... She lays him. He isn't exactly phased. He doesn't really care either way. Uh, so this uh, lady appears at the foot of his bed one night and goes by Lamia. Of course, there's a underlying meaning to that name. You can look it up. L-A-M-I-A. And Alistair, A-L-A-S-T-O-R. Alistair, of course, is a demonic name. Some kind of demon of chaos or something. And thanks to Google, I was able to come up with these names, honestly. Um, so, first guy he appears to is the groundskeeper for the church. The guy's convinced he's second coming incarnate, falls down, worships him, all this. So, basically, they end up moving to... Uh, he, the congregation splits off, people desert him. And of course, he labels them as not real believers. They end up moving to a complex. So there's a whole lot of uh, past cult uh, qualities in this. Uh, communes, you know, um, the Jim Jones thing, the Jonestown deal. Anyway, but there's a whole lot of this, that, and the other. Well, the grounds they end up moving to are rather cursed. And that's pretty much... The whole thing. And then 
the supernatural things happen at this place that he's in. Uh, there's orbs, there's a mysterious forest where evil lurks, and really it's a, uh, it's a very uh, place that's rich in paranormal history. There's a lot of things that happen that are incredibly, incredibly, uh, you know, traumatic. And, you know, like uh, someone blows their brains out and then uh, somebody else, you know, follows suit and they were very connected to the guy. They were going to have his kid and all those. Uh, there's all kinds of other things in there. Um, it's basically just a tale of, you know, some really deep-seated issues that a cult leader or a religious fanatic in general, whatever your belief is on those guys, I think personally they're quite dangerous, the fanatics who are against everything, uh, rock and rolls, the devil's music, blah, blah, blah. And I think those people have honestly lost touch and they want to be judged during executioner, which is wrong. You can quote me on that too, by the way. I used to be in church a lot, but now it's kind of to the point to where I work a lot writing and everything else and trying to, uh, trying to basically, uh, do what I can to get by in life. And not saying that it's not important to be in a place where you can worship with others, but for me right now, it's just not in the cards. Plus with the pandemic uh, floating around and stuff. So there's flashbacks of 73 um, to his past jobs, et cetera, et cetera, and all this. So basically it's, a pretty good tale. Uh, in time, next time I'll read some excerpts uh, from the beginning, and I'll give more outlines as to what it's about. And so, basically, um, I do have a Patreon for this. If you want to hear more um, bonus episodes, etc., in which uh, exclusive content will be revealed as not revealed on this podcast currently. Uh, you will probably hear a lot of really good stuff. Uh, I ask that you spread the word around and that you are faithful in listening to this podcast. Check it out often. Subscribe, all that. So this is Azrael saying take care.